Hey, David. Yo. You know what sucks? Uh, well, I could probably guess a few things, but <laughs> what are you thinking? Uh, well, I, c- I could tell you that the the Christmas holiday break just isn't long enough. Like two days off. Come on. Maybe three days off, depending on where you work. But don't you miss being a kid where it'd be like, yep, see you after Christmas. And then you go back to school in like January. Or when you're in college, oh, you like yeah. leave at the end of November, beginning of December, and you just show up in the middle of January. God, yeah. those were the days. Yeah, it sucks being an adult. Yeah, adulting is stupid. <laughs> having to do adultery things. Wait, well, adult, adulting things? <laughs> adulting things? Don't yeah. tell. You know what? Um, <laughs> you know what? Um, you know, can make you feel like a little kid again. All those fond memories. This episode of the Scene on Screen podcast. That's right. Hey, whether it's your favorite tabletop adventure, movie, or video game, we've got you covered. Welcome to the Scene on Screen podcast with your hosts, Sean and David. Welcome, welcome to the final episode of 2021, where David and I will have a little fun. We've had our... Well, we always our, have fun. Our Christmas dinners <laughs> and our our Boxing Day thrills, and now we've got a list that will give you the chills. Hey, I worked really hard on that. You took it all away. It <laughs> <laughs> was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's just the night before Christmas, but I rewarded it. So yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Did you have a good holiday, buddy? No, yeah, it was pretty good, you know. Um big changes coming soon. So, you know, moving up north, starting got a new home, starting a new job in the next year. So it was kind of nice to just well, m- all of my stuff have has already been pretty much transported up to the northern of Ontario and it's waiting for me to arrive. So I haven't really had much of things to do. I have my Nintendo Switch here. I have my laptop. Um, but I don't know. It just kind of gave me more opportunity to spend time with family and friends. Um, and so, you've been yeah, playing it's, it's kind of nice. Which has been fun. Th- this is true. Yes, lots of lots of mini golf. It takes me away from reality. Of <laughs> Seriously, my apartment, I have uh, an air mattress. I have uh, two fold-up chairs that uh, I'm borrowing from my parents' house and two coffee tables or like the, like the TV dinner table things, you know, those folding tables. I have two of those. Um, and that's it. That's all we got. We watch stuff on my laptop and we're, we're using paper plates, plastic cutlery. Hey, at nothing. least now you have the most room you've ever had for VR. Aside from that <laughs> week at the is, hotel. Oh, this is true. I like the, the room. I is just completely open. It's like I have so much room for activities, but you know, I like in in a week or a few days when I uh, move to my new house, I'm going to have even more room because I'm going to have a place that is like three times the size of this apartment, and I don't have stuff to fill every room. So I'm going to have I'm going to have a room literally just for VR stuff. It's going to be great. Green screen, full room, just for like streaming um, Beat Saber. Or you could stream yourself playing mini golf oh, yeah. inside the game. Oh my god, that would be fun, dude. We're wonder, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, it would we're look weird. To do that. <laughs> it'd be cool. Uh, are you true. still feeling warm from yeah, that? What about you? Last How- hug I gave you before you left. It's like bye, David. Yeah, it was you to like June. <laughs> it was kind of awkward though, because like you wouldn't let me go, and then the the, the fiancés were watching. And they were feeling kind of awkward. They like didn't know if they should just like leave us alone for a bit. Or then you yeah. gave me that little kind of vial with some tears in it. That was weird, <laughs> but <laughs> it, it, it's it's it might be the last time we see each other until like my bachelor party, which is crazy. That's gonna be a. I don't, we might see each other. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, it's only you, eighteen hours. We'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> it's okay it's okay that's He's why okay. there's this great thing called the internet and you know what i've made sure that i have uh an internet connection 
set up or at least available um, at my new house for like the first week that I get there. So nice. And uh, we, we will it's, say it's this again the the world. at the end of the show, but this is not only our last episode of the year, it's our last episode for a few weeks because we're going to let David get settled in and we're going to both take some time off to just kind of reset and recharge and get ready for another big year of all things gaming and entertainment. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, my yeah, friend, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of new movies and stuff like that coming out next year too, that we got to get psyched up for. And this is going to be the year. Tw- like we're pretty stoked about 2021, but 2022 chef's kiss. I think maybe we've got <laughs> lots going on. Yeah, Hopefully. Do you want do you want to talk about why we're here? Because obviously I want to talk about why we're here. So we are yeah, going to here? recap our personal favorites of 2021. So we're going to give you like our little top five lists, if you will, of some of our favorite things we saw on screen and some of the things that we played on screen. No board games, though, because that's what Meeples is for. And you can't really yeah, even though our uh, <laughs> even though our show intro says tabletop, but that's OK. You know, we got a 2021 was a year of growth. Yeah, that's what it is. We were just growing and we're grateful for now. It. It's like now it's like we're looking back at a, a photo album of old family photos and little Sean when he was half his height and glowing eyes full of hope and joy for the future. We got Nickelback going. It's like. Looking at this photograph. <laughs> Look at this photograph. <laughs> Every time I do it, makes me laugh. I don't know why he's sounding like uh, like angry country singers, but he whatever. sounds like so, Scruff McGruff. What are we starting off with? Uh, <laughs> yeah. let's, what are we let's starting see. off with? We're going to start off with movies, TV shows. Sure, sure, sure. Let's video do it. games. Uh, do you want to go first? Or do you want to go second? Um, I'll go first. Lay it on me. Lay well, number we're going five. Back, we're going, we're going back and forth. So, number my five, number five, top TV show slash movie of twenty twenty one, um, is a, a a TV series from a small, not very well known, uh, studio called Marvel. <laughs> Never heard of it. Go on. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say uh, Loki is my number five. Uh, and some people might be wondering, why is it so far down on the list? Well, um, well, it's when you think about it, it's a top 10 list, but we're starting at five. So it's halfway down the list, technically. Um, I think it was just uh, overall pretty good at expanding, like really expanding the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, we got a lot of, I don't know. It, it just opened up a lot and it really dived into one of those characters that everyone really enjoyed, but didn't get much. I don't know. Didn't the movies didn't really do much diving into what makes the character, what makes Loki tick. Right. So I think this did a really good job overall for the character and for expanding on the future of the Marvel cinema. And you know what? It's our first real look at, in a TV series at a villain, like a beloved villain, you're not going to get a Thanos show. You're not going to get like a a scroll obsidian show, but this is, this is pretty good. Like it's, it's a good Mm -hmm. character to kind of have, um, kind of develop that next, that next phase. Like, yeah, we have venom on the big screen, but this was a good start. Uh, I really like that. pick. Venom's not really a a villain though. He's more of an anti-hero, which, He's exactly still a hero. Symbiotic. Like he still is a good guy at the end of the day. Yes, but like the character, he's like, like sure, I know he was a villain and some of the stuff, but the movies, he's totally a hero. Like it's so it's, yeah. What about you? What's your number five? My my number five was <laughs> also by a little unknown studio. You may not have heard of them. Heard of them? It's Marvel. Um, oh, Marvel! That's that indie. Um, that's it. That uh, indie studio from France, right? Yeah this uh, this this film here was a uh, a villain or an adaptation of a villain from Iron Man three, everybody's favorite Marvel Christmas movie, and that is Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And you might be thinking, Sean, really? 
a Marvel movie at number five. I can't wait to see the rest of your list. Well, my list is all over the place. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you, but it's all I will Marvel. say this movie <laughs> was highly anticipated for me. I was very excited because the trailer looked different. Everything about it felt different. And the sexy fighting was the greatest fighting of all time. But overall, <laughs> what they were able to do with limited source material and the way they manipulated and changed how the rings worked, I thought was fantastic. It's a beautiful piece of cinema, uh, cinema, not cinema, cinema. But for a Marvel movie, it doesn't feel like a Marvel movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it feels it, like it because you see it Wong. brought a new. Yeah, it brought a new life to a origin story. It wasn't so like obviously it was very similar, you know. Like we see this guy, he's kind of down on his luck, and he gets these powers and stuff like that. But it was more of like a a coming of age film, but it didn't feel like it. It was very well done. Yeah, I the other thing I really enjoyed about it as well was you didn't feel forced into the story. You knew a little bit about the Mandarin and the Ten Rings, and they tried to keep that lore from the MCU in there with Ben Kingsley being in the movie who played the original mandolin or the mandolin. Oh my God. Mandarin. <laughs> um, but the movie didn't feel forced at no point. Did you ever think like, okay, maybe when he's riding the dragon, but you, at no point where you're just like, huh, this isn't what I signed up for. You know, like when you watch some of the captain Americas or maybe Thor, like, okay, Thor, you know, you're dealing with kind of out of world stuff in Asgard. But in these situations, mm-hmm. you're you're really looking at like, okay, so they're not going to a different realm until they like travel through that like hidden forest. And okay. Yeah. And that immortal. was like, that was a pretty significant. Yeah. And that was pretty significantly like that was a a good amount of time into the film before that even happened. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Yeah. No, All righty. Number uh, four. You want to go? No, go ahead. Yeah. You, what's your number four? We'll, we'll, we'll alternate. Oh, we're doubling what's down. What's your number four? Yeah, we'll oh. double down. All right. Well, this one's also owned by House of Mouse. This is going to be a theme. Um, Disney Pixar's Soul. Huh. I thought this movie. Do, do tell me why. Was incredible. And. That like this was an animated film that we sat down to watch. I believe it came out in like March or April. We sat down to watch it. Oh, it came out in 2020. This doesn't even count. Oh my goodness. Disqualified. Disqualified. It It must have come out at the end of the year. Okay, so I will I will pivot quickly. And I will remove soul from my list. Shit, I and swear I, it, I did. I did swear it came. I thought it came out this year. That's what I thought. No, I thought it. I thought it did. Soul movie release date. No, it's this 2020 film. When? When? When, when in 2020 out? did it come out? <laughs> October. But we really? It when it I... launched? No way. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. I am stunned. Really? Okay, well, this movie was fantastic. You should go watch it. But um, in fairness to myself, I am going to say, um, I'm going to take number, uh, well, I'm just going to take one of my honorable mentions and throw it on here. Um, Ted Lasso (laughs) season two. I was going to pick Hawkeye, but I don't want to do all Marvel. Ted All Lasso. Right. Ted Lasso season two. To me, was something that I waited on for far too long. A lot of it was like, hey, do you want to watch Ted Lasso? Nah, not right now. Hey, do you want to watch Ted Lasso? Nah, not right now. Hey, do you want to watch Ted Lasso? Nah, not right now. Hey, do you want to watch Ted Lasso? My friend said this was good. Oh, now you want to watch it. So we sat down and we watched Ted Lasso. And yeah, that's I usually how these things go. I knew how I knew about the character from years ago from Saturday Night Live, and it is the most wholesome, uplifting show you could ever watch. And I can only really give credit to season two for 2021. But my goodness, 
it keeps you on the edge of your seat. You want to know what's going to happen. You have to wait a week. Those damn streamers are making you wait mm. a week. <laughs> Phenomenal show. Uh, I'm going to just- say I, I, yeah, I, I think, well, if our listeners remember, I did not think that there was anything special about season one when I first started watching it. But then by the end of season one, I was actually pretty hooked on it. And season two, just did a great job at expanding on the character and exploring the other characters and stuff like that. So I'll allow it to be your number four because you messed up with soul. But seriously, watch soul. If you haven't, I thought it came out in like January. Yeah, I know. I swear. I thought I did too, but maybe we waited on it and watched it just this year. Like I feel still so new to me. Yeah, it's weird. And that's, that's a weird time paradox thing of, of, of COVID. It's the COVID time paradox. Yeah. Um, my number four Later is a on little me. movie that I don't know if many, I don't know if many people watched it. Um, it was a Apple TV film or an Apple TV um, exclusive or whatever. Uh, there's a uh, an actor on there, a new and upcoming actor actually. Um, it's not well known, so I think that's part of why it was on Apple TV. Um, Tom Hanks, this guy named Tom Hanks. <laughs> Never heard of him. Uh, Sounds like he'd be like some sort of weird animated cowboy. I don't know. Yeah, no, he's a he's a pretty good actor. He's just getting into things. Uh, No, it's a Tom Hanks movie. It's based on a uh, well, it's a a post apocalyptic Earth. This guy builds a robot, um, and he is essentially designed to protect the life of his like just designed to protect his dog. But it's kind of like a weird take on a coming of age. post-apocalyptic movie like this robot do you remember the movie um chappy yeah that's exactly what i thought it was yeah it's very similar to that like that concept like this new robot and he has to learn all this stuff um but it's i don't know it's just really touching it's um there's not a lot of actors in this it's tom hanks a dog and this robot um and it just kind of shows tom hanks's acting abilities like he's it was really well done. Um, we started watching it. I convinced uh, she who shall not be named to watch it. Um, the tr- like she wasn't hesitant. She didn't not want to watch it, but she wasn't like super excited to to see it. You know, naturally. Um, that makes but sense. honestly, we were we were just really gripped by the movie, like r- almost right away. Um, and by the end of it, I was actually like really satisfied and. and they did a really good job with making you want to f- like making you feel a connection with the robot and Tom Hanks's character Finch. Um, and, and at the, by the end, it's like, Oh man, I, I kind of want to know more about this. Like I'm longing to hear more about the story, about like the adventures of the, this, the characters and stuff like that. But uh, overall, like if you haven't watched it, I, I really suggest you to watch it. It's uh I if this movie if this movie was in theaters, I feel like it would have gotten a lot more um, publicity. But that's the issue with um, with some of these Apple TV films or Apple original films is that they're they're very limited in release, right? Um, like one that came out last year. That was supposed to reach theaters, but never did. And because of COVID and all that stuff, another Tom Hanks one called Greyhound, which also, um, and, and that was an Apple TV, like ended up being an Apple TV film. Uh, great movie, but I feel like there was a ton of hype for that one and it just never came to theater. So people, a lot of people forgot about it. Um, and I think this one just kind of went straight to Apple, Apple TV, um, and it would have done so much better in theaters, I think. But it's a it is a great movie, and I think you should watch it. I will. All right, number three, lay it on me. Numero trois, dope sick. Surprise, Man, surprise! All over, all over this. Yeah, this honestly, this series, uh, it's a Hulu series, but it's also on Disney Plus. Um, for a miniseries, it is it is so good. Michael Keaton, uh, Peter Sarsgaard, Will Poulter, um, Rosario Dawson, you know, and and a you know a 
ton of other actors, which I'm sure people might know, may or may not know about. <laughs> I don't know. I just Ahsoka Tano, yeah. Um, I just really do enjoy well-made dramas based off of true events. Um, and this could be easily, this could have easily just been like a documentary that just talks about this stuff and be boring, but they did such a good way, like dramatizing it and making like kind of showing characters and what they went through or people. And like, we don't know if, uh, these exact conversations happen, but like the, the series of events essentially is, is true. Um, and I don't know. I just, if you haven't watched it yet, you need to watch it. Um, it's just, it is honestly that good. Fair enough. All right. My number three. Oh my God. I'm so predictable. I'm going with the OG of Marvel Disney plus creations. It still sits with me as what I think is the best Disney plus Marvel show. It's WandaVision. And I don't, I honestly don't know how. It was so good. (laughs) I think, you know, out of all the things that we like, regardless of our friendship and how strong it is, <laughs> and we can dislike things that each other likes, you know, like, you know, you're really into sports games and I'm not. But this is one thing and I can understand that I can appreciate your 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 feelings on those things. But this is one thing that I will never be able to wrap my head around. I will never agree with you on this one, but hey, at least it's not your number one. That's okay so, with me, though. The The reason I like this one compared to some of the other stuff is the complexity around it. I love the little Easter eggs and the hints and the tricks and the everything led to something. And it was the only show that we've had out of all these series that didn't have like you never really knew what you were getting but like you were gripped by it i know you didn't get gripped until later on and even the the grip is like a loose word here for you when you started looking into the crux of things like you watched the whole show play out and she just got more powerful and agatha was pulling all the strings this entire time and like her kids were fake but they were real and monica rambeau is like friends with friggin Brie Larson or um, Captain Marvel. It was the most intricate of them all. Like Loki didn't have that intricacy. I th- I felt there was a little bit of political push with the whole Falcon and the winter soldier. And yes, yeah, they did Falcon a little, they, was a little too political for my liking. Th- there was a little bit of like identity and awareness. And I think it, it was timed right, especially with everything that was going on in the States. And some of the messages they put out, I thought was really well done, but Falcon and the winter soldier to me are like supplementary characters and being an Iron Man fan, Bucky's a bitch. (laughs) This is true. So when it came down to this, like I've always liked Wanda's awesome. Yeah. I I think, you know, you said like it was very gripping. I feel like it's more of like a numb left-handed grip. You know, it's there. You can you can tell that it's trying to do something, but it's just not not getting the right in the feels. <laughs> I don't know. I just I just I get that it's intricate and all that stuff, but for me, you know, the series took it was it was four episodes in before I was actually cared about what was going on. And and I and I said this before. If you have to research and look up what the hell is going on in a series or if if the major plot points or major clues are hidden somewhere in the background, you know, it doesn't make it good TV. But I, I can appreciate your opinion on this, but I have to disagree. I think it's wow. hot trash. We're not friends anymore. It's over. Cancel <laughs> the podcast. We're done. All right. Well, the good thing is our last one of the year, right? Uh, <laughs> Number All right. two. All right. For me, right? Yep. I've been beating this drum for a while. This might be if something else wasn't my number one, this would have been my number one as it it might have been the most shocking thing I've watched all year, 
but in a good way. Like it was something I didn't expect. It's by writers and creators that I really like, like Robert Kirkman, the guy who does The Walking Dead. It's Invincible, the Amazon Prime. Um, I, I guess you, you would call it or consider it a kind of anime. It's an adult animated series, but it's not like a full anime. Well, anime is just uh, the the term for Japanese styled animation. It's it's a cartoon. You can say that it's a cartoon. It's okay to admit. Okay, it's considered a skybound image comic. And Whatever that means. It's about a this teenager Mark whose father is the most popular superhero on the planet. I don't want to give anything away, because if you haven't watched it, season two comes out soon. It's good. I would definitely say you should check it out for sure. The biggest thing I liked about it was just the character development and the names they had. The absolute names they had in this show were insane. Stephen Yen, J.K. Simmons, Sandra Oh, Jillian Jacobs, Zachary Quinto, Jason Manzukas. Like those are all pretty big names. Mark Hamill was in this movie or in this show. Mm-hmm. Ross Marquand, like very large group of like talented actors lending their voices. Have have you watched this yet or have you still Sam? No, up? honestly, um, I've seen the memes, but I didn't know what it was from. So I, I, didn't, I honestly didn't realize this was um, this was a like a thing. I thought I told you about it and I've talked about it on the podcast. I feel like you have, but I just never realized that it was this specific thing that you were talking about. Well, may, maybe uh, you can watch an episode tonight. Maybe I will. Maybe yeah, I you will. should do that. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely know if you watch one tonight based on like I know how that ep- the first episode ends. So it'll either be like. Or yeah. like, You'll, it, and it, I won't be like Owen and just tell you that I watched it, but then actually I, be lying. <laughs> I think you're really going to enjoy it. And if I know you as well as I do, you're going to have that, like that shocked sound with your, like your laugh. Like, <laughs> I can't believe that just happened. Kind of like reaction. So what do you mean with my laugh? I don't have a, a you have, you easily recognizable. I, I don't have a easily recognizable laugh. It's not like a menacing laugh, but it's like a shocked <laughs> laugh. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll give it a I'll give it a go. I'll give it a, a watch. Give it a little twirl. Um, my number two. Number two. Yeah, I'll give it a twirl. My number two, um, a a tiny a, a little film, not very epic in scale or anything like that. Um Dune. The 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 new one, obviously, because we're talking about 2021, unlike, you know, Sean who picks a movie from 2020. Um <laughs> I know. Uh, Dune, you know, I, I I did enjoy the original one. Uh, Dune, the books are, it's 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 a confusing book, and it's uh, difficult to make a enjoyable, coherent movie. And I think this one did a great job. Um, me and the significant other, who shall not be named, uh, we went and saw the movie, and she was kind of like, eh, like, I'm intrigued about it, but I don't really care to watch it. You know what I mean? Like, so I just, I kind of dragged her to it. And by the end of it, she was actually like, that was really good. Um, I know some people that were like, oh, no, that movie's so stupid. I didn't get it. And it didn't help that they kind of fell asleep during the first like half hour of the movie, which explains literally everything. Um, but I thought that movie was great. Visually, it was amazing. The story was well done. It was paced out well. And the fact that uh, they were ballsy enough to make a part one <laughs> without even having the second half part two greenlit that that's a pretty ballsy move, but the second movie is uh, currently in production. This like the sequel or the second half. So uh, yeah, Dune, did you watch that one yet? No, I still haven't. It's on my list. Oh yeah. You gotta watch it. I gotta, gotta wait for it to stream. So what's, what's the big one? What's the number one? Well, I know you might disagree with this, um, but my number one movie of 2021 is probably one of the only movies that made me just kind of like laugh and relax and enjoy myself. And that would be free guy. I, I think it took it everything as... that we read that. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. 
I, I just think it took everything that we enjoy in like pop culture and movies and stuff like that and put it together in a movie that was relatable and intriguing at the same time. And there was a lot of hype for the, the movie. I, I know for sure. Like I, um, and, and I just thought that it was, it, it was a well done movie. Um, and it, I think it lived up to the hype. Um, and it's definitely, it's something that I would just, I would watch over again. That's fair. Um, I had it like when we originally constructed these lists for top tens and realized we didn't want to do like two hours worth of show. It was in my top 10 and I won't dispute that. I think it was a great movie. It is um, considerably my honorable mention, but when it came down to free guy, like I, it was on my list. It just, it didn't beat out some of the other things that I watched and even like picking Ted Lasso over free guy. Well, I picked that solely because I knew free guy was on your list and I didn't want to steal your thunder, but yeah, I I agree. Do you want Mm -hmm. my number one? Yeah, let me, I I'm going to assume that it's, um, a movie, an obscure movie that only you have seen. Uh, you found it was a recommendation to you from a coworker or something like that. So, uh, on my top 10 list, Hamilton did make it. But that's not <laughs> where we're going. <laughs> no surprise. Right, what to is any, it? To no surprise to any of our fans. I have picked Spider-Man No Way Home. I've no way jaw droppingly excited for this. Since the trailers, I've seen it twice. I will probably see it again before it leaves theaters. My only hope is Disney Plus somehow can get it in 45 days, which probably won't happen because fuck Sony. Spider-Man No Way Home. Well, I, talk I don't about know. It. I cannot talk about it. Nope. Actually, you know what? Don't fuck Sony because three more movies are coming with Tom Holland and that's pretty sweet. Yeah, no. You know what? You, you, this is one case where you, can't say, where you can't say fuck Sony because if it wasn't for Sony, we wouldn't even have had the first Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland. Like Spider-Man wouldn't even be in Avengers. So this is like the one time, which I think you can say, thank you, Sony. You actually did something good. (laughs) Thank you, Sony for making the super console. Sorry. Thank you, Sony. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to need a bingo card and (laughs) that's going to be on it. uh, Along with some other things. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about the movie because we're not talking about the movie purposely. Um, go see it. Go enjoy it. It is everything that you could possibly want. And you're going to get like seven more movies with Tom Holland because of it. So that's great. Yeah, yeah. Like the Disney We're going to do an episode. Tried. We're going to do it. Yeah. We're going to do an episode um, about Spider-Man No Way Home in the new year. Kind of probably, probably close to the end of January, just to allow more people a chance to watch it. Um, and we'll probably watch it a few times just to really be able to di- digest it and, and, and analyze it critically. Yep. Um, do you have any dishonorable mentions? M- movies or TV shows so bad they couldn't make the list. You know what? I don't, I don't actually have any dishonorable mentions. Really? Cause you've complained about the tomorrow war numerous times on this podcast. Okay. You have one. Yeah. <laughs> the Tomorrow War was just trash. Um, It was so bad I didn't even want to say it, but you had to bring it up. A movie that, I don't know, I think it's, its entire advertising campaign was based off the fact that it was a Chris Pratt movie. He's and so cool. it was very, yeah, <laughs> I don't have my soundboard. It's sad. Um, a Chris Pratt movie. And it was very similar to, or it kind of had the v- same vibes as edge of tomorrow. That's what it was. And it just was very disappointing. Like there's so many plot holes. There was so much stuff in there that was so stupid. Um, yeah, that's it. What about you? Uh, dishonorable mentions in no particular order. Army of the dead, terrible movie, Zack Snyder. What were you thinking? Justice League, the the Snyder Cut, what were you thinking? And Suicide Squad, what a terrible movie. Just three not great movies. All right. You ready to do uh, 
some some video games. Yes. Now, let's uh, instead of instead of doing it um, back and forth, let's just both do our fives and both do our fours and both do our threes and both do our twos and then bring it down to one. (laughs) That's what we were doing. And then you were like, hey, why don't you double down? But it confused you. I know it was your plan. Yes. I'll I'll give you my five. (laughs) All right. What's your five? Number five for me is a sports game. It's a oh, surprise, game. surprise. It's a sports game that has not been available to Xbox users in recent time or ever. And it's really shown that um, games could be more enjoyed if everybody has access to them, except Starfield. My number five will be uh, MLB The Show 2021. I thought it was a great game. It looked great. It felt great. It played great. And I got to play a baseball game for the first time in a long time because I don't have a PlayStation. And that's all I can well, really say. Well, you got to play a good baseball game. That's true. Backyard baseball. It, like, that, that's back. the thing. No. Um, MLB The Show 21, while all the, the show games are always, always very good. Um, and I know, like, I kind of... <laughs> rag on you for always buying, you know, NHL and uh, that other one, the football one Madden every year. Cause it's like the same game. And I, I think with uh, the show, they, every game has enough updates. Like it's the same game. Sure. You're still playing baseball, but like every game has enough gameplay mechanic updates or extra stuff that I, I do enjoy. I like, I will get them. Um, I've been pretty lucky and and being able to buy like the deluxe editions that I got for pretty cheap afterwards because I think the show games go on sale fairly quickly as well. So, yeah. Hey, I well, agree with that. Year, we I didn't have it. to pay for it, so that makes me feel even more Exactly. Even more. better, right? Yeah. Everything's better when it's uh, my number 5. Now this Yeah, that's true. My number 5 here is a uh, it's this was a unique situation because these games technically came out on the PlayStation three, but these were completely redone and up updated f- with, uh, the new newer game engine. And, um, I think with the release of some of the, the other games in the series on like PlayStation four, um, and, and actually on Xbox too, it, it opened up the, the series to more people so that I'm talking about the Yakuza remastered collection. So this is uh, remastered versions of Yakuza three, four and five. Um, and the interesting thing about this is that this is the first time that Yakuza five has ever been in a physical media in North America on the PlayStation three. Really it was, special. Yeah. On the PlayStation three, it was only released digitally. Um, and like Yakuza zero, uh, came out a few years ago on the PlayStation four and it was like a prequel. And I think that really opened up the series to a lot of people. And the only way to play three, four and five was on a PS three. And you know, that's not the most, um, not, not popular, but common console nowadays. Right. Um, Yakuza three was my first entry into the series. So it has a special place in my heart. Um, I've beaten Yakuza four and I bought Yakuza five digitally because it was the only way to get it. But uh, this is like the Yakuza games. They are like crime dramas, but they're beat em ups with, I don't know. You can go bowling against the chicken, right? Like they got mini games and stuff like that. And it's like ridiculous, so much good humor in it, but very serious stories. And uh, one thing that I really enjoyed about the remaster collection is that the physical edition actually comes with a PlayStation three case for Yakuza five as kind of like an apology to the fans who wanted the, the full, like all of the games in their collection on their shelf, but were unable to get it in North America or in Europe as well. Like it was the only English version was digital. So it's kind of cool that they did that, but yeah, Yakuza remaster collection. That's my number five. That was very nice of them. Uh, so it's me now again, right? <laughs> yes well you were the one who confused it all so it's fine uh my number four if you listen to our game of the year episode that um aired a few weeks ago 
I was a very big fan of this game, and I still am. And it's it's made it to number four on my list. This game is 12 minutes. It was uh, developed by Luis Antonio all by himself, which is really, really cool. Um, he did have some writers help him, a guy named Steve Lerner. But this game is a single-player adventure puzzler where you have 12 minutes to solve the puzzle, and every time an event happens, the clock restarts, or if you run out of time the game loops back. It gives you kind of that familiar feeling of the Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, but the main loop lasts only 10 minutes in real time. So you actually have like, uh, I would say like six to eight hours of gameplay total. Like it took us five hours to beat the whole game and we got three of the endings done. Um, Voiced by James McAvoy and Daisy, Daisy Ridley. It was just, it was so phenomenal. Who is the cop? Was it Jacob or Willem Dafoe? Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Yeah. Green Goblin. Mm -hmm. I'll get you, Spider-Man. You could have been my friend. Sorry. I've been watching a lot of (laughs) Spider-Man stuff lately. Okay. This game is incredible if you want to, if you like puzzle games. But I found myself starting to play the game and my other half was actively telling me what to do. It's like, what if you try this? What if you try that? What if you try this? It was a lot of fun. Check it out. Try it. It's a very fun game. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, my number four. Now, the, again, this is kind of similar to Yakuza, where it was an older game. But um, part of this one is because they've been supporting it so long. And they just released not too long ago a major, major expansion. Uh, the final story expansion, and that is for Final Fantasy fourteen. That's the online MMO. The game um, has had a quite an interesting history from a really bad, poorly received release to almost like well, pretty much shutting the game down to a complete recreation um, and redesign within like a year or two of launch. And then it just took off from there. And uh, yeah, like I said, they just released a major update for the game, huge, huge um, story expansion. And it kind of, it's, it's finally bringing a close to the um, entire story. Um, it's one of those games that I think it's a uh, true testament of what a company can do with an online RPG. Um, yeah, I know it's not really your kind of style, but hey, they do have a free trial. Yeah, when are you going to pick like some new the best free <laughs> It's one of the best free trials you can play. It's you can play the entire like main game up till level 30, which is a significant amount of or actually no, they you can play the entire base game. I think up to level 60. So you can beat the game or like the main initial game for free. Just That's saying, if bad. you ever want to play it online I with me. So. Yeah. All right. Number three. This game has uh, been a lot of fun for me since I uh, discovered it and since I bought my Oculus. And the fact that it is a VR game is something very unique to me in this situation. But I'm going to talk about Demio. Demio is a VR Dungeons & Dragons Dungeon Crawler, Survival, Monster-Infested Dungeon Game, RPG. Um, You essentially take control of a player who is sitting around a board game table with their friends, and you play as your character, but your character is animated. Your character will battle in real time. You will fight uh, monsters and demons, but you move your, your, your pawn as if you're playing a game. And then they're animated. It kind of reminds me a little bit of um, Wizard's Chest in Harry Potter or like some of the small soldiers where in small soldiers, like the chessboard attacked itself kind of thing, right? That kind of deal. It's a hell of a lot of fun. David and I have played. I play with some people in the VR world. There is now three boards you can get, which is cool. The third one just came out. But the two main ones are the Black Sarcophagus and the Realm of the Rat King. It's a lot of fun. And like you enjoyed your experience with it, did you not? Um, I did. You know, like um, as someone who I really do enjoy like dungeon crawling board games. So it 
it really brought you into that. It, it really has that same experience. The only difference is that the animations and stuff like that. But no, it's it really good. And I think uh, for someone who is not really into like the dungeon crawlers or like the art, like the RPG kind of D and D games getting into it. Like it's a good stepping stone. I thought it was great. A, a ton of fun. It was a, it was a good game. How about you? What's number three mm-hmm. for you? Number three actually is a, a new game. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh, Aliens fire team elite. This kind of was a sleeper hit. Um, it was a game that takes place in the aliens universe um it follows essentially your uh, a group of people uh elite fire team and you have to complete tasks it's a squad based shooter but you're exploring like different spaceships and areas and you're fighting off aliens i don't know it's just it's a lot of fun um it's difficult but it's not too difficult but it's still difficult yeah it's just a lot of fun i know you i don't think you played this one did you no i have not no, but uh, I would highly suggest if it goes on sale, pick it up because um, I need someone to play with. Pick it up. <laughs> pick it. Pick it up. Um, speaking of aliens, my number two is uh, it's a tiny game that got released this year. I mean, it wasn't anticipated or anything and it wasn't delayed for a full year and it wasn't cyberpunk. No, it was the worth the wait Halo Infinite. My God. This game is so good. The only thing I can complain about, really, is the fact that you can only play a level once per save. So you can't go back and replay levels if you want to look for something. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that some of the the way you get around is open world. Like, all the story is linear. Mm -hmm. You can't skip a story or uh, part of the story, but you have to travel to get to parts of the story, which makes sense. This game is so much fun. And the fact that there's a companion that's free multiplayer is just the chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited that this game finally dropped. I've poured a lot of time into it already since um, it launched earlier this month. And it's definitely a game that I'm excited to play through on a different save again with you. And I like playing the multiplayer. Like the multiplayer, people are just so OP. And a lot of this new grapple hook mechanic that like every other game seems to have now kind of makes it a little bit less fun, but it's still Halo and it's still entertaining. Mm-hmm. I probably won't play it um, until I slowly get through the Halo one through five. Just play three. That's the most. No, fun. not saying that I had I I've beaten one when it first came out, but it's been a long time. Um, I got about halfway through Halo 2 on PC. Um, and I played, I don't know if I've ever beaten Halo 3. I know I played through ODST and Reach. But yeah, I don't think I played through Halo 3. (laughs) Yeah, but we'll get to it. I promise you. Speaking of to it, it's number two for you. Number two for me is a little game that I was really excited for and I was pleasantly surprised with it called Lost and Random. It's a little indie game that came out for uh, Xbox, PC, and Nintendo Switch. I'm not sure if it came in on PlayStation, the most superior console. Um, That's a bingo. <laughs> uh, it is a interesting mix of an action-adventure game with... Um, board game mechanics so you're this uh you play this little girl called uh odd i think it is you know odd and even numbers from the land of like one or something like that the number one on the dice and you have to go through each each world one two three four five six to uh find your missing sister uh it's kind of cool though because Battles are controlled by uh, like a card mechanic. So you have a little dice companion and you throw him and depending on what number he gets, you earn these um, like points to spend on cards in your hand. 
And each card has different abilities, whether it be like giving you a sword, giving you a bow and arrow, um, an explosive, or giving you health, like just stuff like that. It was a really interesting mix of of uh, multiple game mechanics, and I think they pulled it off really well. It's obviously not a AAA game. It doesn't look amazing, but it looks really good for what it is. Like so, uh, yeah, I was just, I was excited for the game, and I was hoping that it was going to be good. And I was actually really I really enjoyed it. So I'm going to say uh, lost and random. And the reason why it says random is because you know rolling a dice that's a randomness. I like it. I like it. All right. Number one, the game of all games for me. This might come off as a little bit of a surprise, but I picked a racing game, which is something I probably wouldn't have picked. And I mean, I enjoyed Vanguard, but it like the story was the story. It wasn't like other Call of Duties I've played before. Forza Horizon 5 is just everything they did right about Forza Horizon 4 and then somehow were like, we can make this better because you believe in us. And Forza has been great with, like, Take 10 has been amazing with this whole teeter-totter thing that they do. Or not Take 10. Um, what is it? It's something underground, right? Forza Horizon 5 is... Oh, it's Playground Games. Sorry. Um the Forza franchise goes Horizon number, Horizon number. So I think they're at like Forza 8 and Horizon 5. And Horizon 5 is a little bit more arcadey, open world, built around the idea of like festivals. And you can explore the map, you can search for cars, you can compete with your friends. The online is just phenomenal. If you want to just jump into a race or cruise around with people, it's the best. David, we should do that sometime where we just go on a, a drive. But yeah, it it might be like this, this game deserves more accolades than it received. It should have been considered for game of the year because it was considered for so many other categories. But mm-hmm. to me, this game was like the most polished thing I played. And I don't personally believe that games in December should qualify for game of the year. But like because Halo is probably one of the most beautiful games you'll ever see because it's finally taking um, the power of the less superior console apparently <laughs> and making it just look crystal clear and beautiful. <laughs> it's almost oh, as it, if they're like playing a video instead yeah. of a game. Um, but that's my that's my number one. Forza Horizon mm-hmm. 5, the most streamed opening day ever. And most downloaded opening downloaded opening day for a video game ever, and that's cool. That is All really right. cool because that's an accomplishment that you would have thought something like Fortnite or Call of Duty would have got, but mm-hmm. no, this is a streaming record, and it might not be broken for a while. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. No, I can I I can dig it. Um, my number one, my number one game is probably one of the games that I had the most fun playing in a long time. And that is it takes two. Um, I know you haven't played this one yet. I think you really should sit down with uh, your significant other and play this game. It is uh, by the same uh, team that made um, what was the one? Now I'm having a, no, no, no. The other one that we were playing the, the, uh, Oh, Oh, a way out, a way out. So the the game is strictly 100% co-op. You can't play this by yourself. Um and you it's the story of these two parents who get turned into a doll, like these dolls and they have to work together to break the the curse so to speak. Uh the environments are all so very different but so well done. The story is it's really good. The story is really good. Um I played this with uh, she who shall not be named and she's not a very big uh, gamer. She's not very good at like the action platformer stuff. Uh, you know, plays um, games like uh, Mario Kart, Animal Crossing, Stardew Valley, you know, like games that you can just kind of relax and play. Um, so it was very frustrating for her to play. Um, and there's a lot of times where she wanted me to, you know, f- complete 
and finish a you know a jumping sequence for her or something but i no i said no you can do it i can you can we can stay here as long as we want and and we powered through we got through the game and it was so satisfying and at the end of the game like it was it was such a good story um and there's few there's not a lot of games where i once i beat it um in general <laughs> there's not a few game, many games that i beat no uh there's not a lot of games that once i finish it i'm i'm willing to go back and play it again that's fair. It was it was honestly that good. I think uh, it is on Game Pass now, so you should definitely definitely play. Maybe um, over the next few weeks when we're not recording, you should uh, take that time and uh, play It Takes Two. I will consider it. All right. <laughs> honorable mentions. I have one honorable mention. Actually, two honorable mentions from outside of this year, so that follows the rules of your list. Um, Jedi Fallen Order. I finally got to play it because it was released on Game Pass and it was optimized for the Series X. And I had a lot of fun playing that. I know the game's a little bit older, but I played this year's version. So according to David, that counts. Next up, the new Pokemon Snap. Definitely made it to my consideration list. It couldn't crack the top five, but easily one of the most fun plays that myself and my other half had all year. Um, right up there with um, Mario um, Party All-Stars. Or what was it called? Yes, Mario Party All-Stars. Or Mario Party Superstars. Superstars. Um, but finally, and David and I agreed on this one before he gets into his honorable mentions, uh, a little game called Walkabout Mini Golf, which we cannot tell you enough about. And the amount of support they're putting into this game and changes they're making. If you have an Oculus or... Uh, any VR headset that's compatible with this game through Steam, definitely check it out. Definitely pick it mm-hmm. up. They're just getting into some paid DLC now, and that's okay because now you can customize your face and your head. Yeah, yeah. Even even before, like, even if you don't pay for like the extra or the, the most recent uh, paid DLC course, there's so much to do in the base game for the initial purchase price it's it's we cannot recommend the game enough and um even though the game did technically come out in 2020 i think that's going to be one of our number one games for for the year it's it's left a lasting impression yeah um so i don't really have any honorable mentions other than um walk about mini golf because that one just really, really stood out. I do have a dishonorable mention, though. So do I. Yeah. My the most disappointing game of 2021. Hold on, does this even count? Because it was a was it a launch title? Uh oh. <laughs> Are we doing this again? Is this going to happen? I got to double check. I'll, I'll Either way, it. it's a. Oh yeah, no, it came out in January, end of January. So, this game. There's so much hype about it. It looked really cool. The trailers at E3 made it look really interesting. It was like, oh, brand new technology. No load times. Like instantly change from one world to the other. And no, it's not um, Ratchet and Clank. It is the medium. Um, It had tank controls for character movement, pretty much. Remember tank controls? Like old Resident Evil? Horrible. Um, the story was kind of interesting, but really boring. Like I, I didn't really feel a connection to the character. Like it started off, you know, I think someone died and then you're going to, uh, yeah, something like that. And you're, you're going to like a weird hotel somewhere and you can see like dead people. I don't know. It just was, it got to the point where we, I decided to sit down and play it and, uh, played it with, with she who shall not be named. Because she likes to watch, you know, cinematic games like that. I thought it'd be kind of cool. And we got to a point where this, uh, like, crazy demon thing was hunting me. And it was invisible. And it kept stomping on me and killing me. And I'm like, this is dumb. The tank controls are just horrible. And it, it was just, I think there was a ton of hype. And then it just did not live up to it. And the game can be, I don't know, it's a, it's a bargain bin game now pretty sure it, it well it's on game pass as well but it, it is a crazy walking simulator like you want to yeah. play a game where you're slowly walking and 
clunkily moving around, this is the game for you. Mm-hmm. Um, my dishonorable mention, I've already complained about once or twice or thrice. Skatebird. <laughs> cool concept. Terrible, terrible execution. I think it was funny because like we were so psyched for it, right? And then we tried it. <laughs> it was just so bad. So, so bad. But we want to know what you think. Obviously, tell us what your favorite games were, what your favorite movies, what your favorite shows were. Uh, I just want to say thank you to everybody who's listened over this last year. We've shown exponential growth, and it's all because of you guys. David and I are so mm-hmm. thankful for everything you guys have brought to the table to us, some suggestions, the the feedback, and, of course, your listening ears. We can't thank you enough. We hope you guys have a wonderful year in 2022. We'll be back in a few weeks. David, do you want to say anything else before we close it off? I love you all. Yes, I agree. I love you all, or we love you all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank we love you, you. thank you so no it's much. it's been a it's been a a great year <laughs> it's been a great year um next year we have a lot of things coming up um we're really excited we're kind of we're getting to our third year of the seat on screen podcast can you believe it like and we've done a few rebrandings in the past so we've been doing this for a long time but um the amount of growth that we've had and a big part of it is because of all of our listeners and and uh we wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for you guys so can't thank you guys enough and we're super excited for the next year and what's to come and with that we hope you enjoy the rest of your holidays you have a happy new year and we will catch you guys on the next episode of the scene on screen podcast peace